Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be and enjoyed another weekend under social lockdown, binging on all the shows you've been meaning to catch up on but never had the chance. Of course, you may have been venturing outdoors as a growing number of territories tentatively begin lifting restrictions and finding ways of restarting different sectors of their economies. If you listened into Friday's episode, you'll have heard from US-based producers Natal Kaznak and Patrick Reardon of their hopes that Unscripted will be first to bounce back from the near-global production shutdown prompted by the COVID-19 crisis. We're going to be hearing from another pair of US Unscripted execs today, explaining how they're doing exactly that and returning to work as different states start relaxing rules around social distancing. Patrick Wyland is Senior Vice President of Celebrity Chef Andrew Zimmerman's Intuitive Content, and he talks about the lockdown being lifted in Minneapolis and details the problems production companies may have with insurance moving forwards. But first, Colby Gaines, founder of Backroads Entertainment and co-creator of hit history channel series Porn Stars, talks about the challenges and pitfalls of getting his Austin-based Texas Progco back to work. C21's Clive Whittingham spoke with him and started off by asking how restrictions were being lifted in Texas. Yeah, the shelter in place is elapsing. And so businesses will be able to uh, reopen to some degree. There are some businesses that won't be able to reopen, like hair salons, spas, things of that sort. And even restaurants that are beginning this phase one reopening can only reopen to 25% of max capacity. So it's going to be interesting to see how this phasing is implemented. As far as back roads goes, we haven't reopened the office yet, but I'm starting to contemplate that with, you know, the mask, the rubber gloves, and, and all the new necessary protocols of uh, the new normal. So how, um, how has it affected business? What position were you in before it all started and, and how did you lock your business down? Can you go through the timeline with us? So we just got into a place where we were uh, heavy in development and pitching mode. We had set up one series. This is right before the beginning of March. And uh, I actually flew to New York on March 11th, which was a Wednesday, had a series of meetings that day and then flew back on Thursday. And that was the week we kind of went from at least in the U.S., DEFCON 1 to DEFCON 5 by the end of the week. So there was a lot of information coming at us really quick, a lot of decisions to be made. And what happened is we, we're, we're talking to buyers, distributors all the time. And I would say the week after March 9th, so that, that next week, buyers were, like most of us, just immediately trying to steady their, their boats you know, making sure that people are doing okay. And, and, um, and same thing with our staff, just making sure everybody's, you know, listen, nobody don't, don't come to the office and, and making sure that everyone's okay in, in, in that way. And so for the next couple of weeks, all the conversations we were having internally as well as with buyers was just really about stay safe, stay healthy. And I personally, I wasn't, I was trying not to watch too much news because it's a little bit like, uh, and even still, it's a little bit like watching the stock market. It can drive you mad. And so the first couple of weeks after that, after, well, so, so, you know, this is now the backside of March. The first two weeks were really steady the ships. The next two weeks, 
from the buyer's perspective, they started hearing pitches. They started taking uh, pitches, certainly things that you could produce during the pandemic. So pandemic production protocol, I'll call it that. However, you could actually produce those things. They wanted to hear those shows. I would say the last two weeks, buyers have just been more of like, okay, now they can start to see, at least here in the States, some shelter in place is being removed in certain states. And there's, there's some hope where before they didn't know if you could, if you could produce the thing you're pitching them. Um, now they're starting to see like, oh, you can actually produce this thing at some point in the summer. So at least in the buying sense, I'm seeing buyers buying again which is a good place to be. And again, with our office staff, I'm just trying to figure out how soon I'll have them return to the office. As far as production goes, we had one series that we were readying to start and I pushed it a couple of times and I just officially pushed it to starting in August, the first week of August, because each time I pushed it, it's, it's felt a little bit like, well, that, that was very hopeful. And I think by pushing it to August, I, it feels more pragmatic and it gives it, all of our cast now are like, okay, that's a, that's a window we can work with and feels like there'll be some certainty of the ability to get back into the field. But all that being said, I mean, we are all in this place of having a certain amount of fear, right? And so how we deal with that is, is very personal. And so it's, it's a whole new level of concern that I have as an owner. And as a producer, production is not, as you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> it's not the easiest business to be in. I mean, it, what we produce, the product is, is built through sometimes intense chemistry, right? And so now we have this added layer, which is fear of the unknown, which is beyond the actual just work itself. So, so I'm trying to be uh, careful in, in my approach to dealing with staff and, and buyers and everyone. I have personally moved from ending calls by saying stay safe or healthy to just stay sane. Okay. Stay sane is my new way of dealing with this because uh, I feel like many of us who've been cooped up, especially somebody like me who has three kids, the insanity piece is that we're right up, right up against the edge of that, that little line. Did, um, I, I, I hear you. Uh, did, we, did you have anything in, um, in production that needed to go on hold or were you just in development for this series that you mentioned? We were just in development for the series. Um, we, had, we pitched a couple of projects that were pandemic oriented. And, but I, my, my goal has been, don't think about stuff that works just for this minute. Let's think about the things that work for the long haul. A lot of my contemporaries, including some unscripted production companies who are based as well here in Austin, have shows that are in production and they've moved those shows right into a pandemic production protocol. And by that, I mean, they would ship the interviews, you know, a GoPro and walk them through what they needed them to say, you know, archival based shows with talking heads. And then it was easy to do. It's easy to do remote post production. But for us, our, our shows are mostly captured in the field in a multi-camera setting. So we didn't have that. We didn't have that need. But, uh, but I do know a lot of production companies that were lucky enough to have pro uh, projects that they could go right into a ro remote style of production. 
because I guess these networks, they need to be able to repeat these shows long into the future, right? And the audience, you would, I don't know what your opinion is. Will the audience be forgiving of things that are shot like on GoPro or on Zoom with, without the production value? Are they going to be that forgiving of that in 18 months time? That, you know, accept, oh yeah, I can tell that I'm was not, shot during the crisis. I'm, I'm not, and I try to take a, I try to consider myself a universal viewer. I'm sick of Zoom. I'm sick of Zoom tile TV. Uh, I don't think it meets the threshold of premium content by any stretch. And I, it, I find it very hard to watch any project where, okay, you're super famous and you're in your kitchen and this just doesn't look like a TV show that is that they put a lot of effort into. It works for the now. I don't think it's going to work for the future or, you know, and hopefully... Hopefully we really do come out of this in a place where we're able to get things back to normal to some degree and have the, the premium quality, you know, uh, reapplied. But I'm, I'm really, I'm done with Zoom. I'm, I'm having, uh, I guess, a Zoom hangover already. <laughs> Again, I hear you. Is there a possibility, like after the writer's strike, that unscripted production could have a bit of a boom after this because it can, it's quicker to turn around, it's cheaper, and it can get up and running a lot quicker than scripted can. Is, there, is that a possibility? A hundred percent. I think the, there's one business, I think, during the, the pandemic that seems to have not really lost any momentum, and that's animation. Right after animation is unscripted in terms of the ability to snap back. And, you know, there are a lot of opinions here about what's going to happen in the future. Are we going to snap back? Is it going to be a sputtering revamp? What is, what's going, are, are we going to have a second wave? Unscripted is right there at the forefront of ready to go at this moment. I think the main question will be how many people are willing to return to the workplace with the understandable fear of potentially catching this virus. We don't know that answer yet, but we're, I'm talking to a lot of, I want to say crew all day every week and a lot of them are eager to get back into the marketplace and and we'll do the necessary uh safeguards you know rubber gloves face masks washing hands all that protocol with the understanding of like we also need talent to come on and i've also talked to talent who are ready to go you know social distancing i'll put my distance in front of the crew they'll do their part i'll do my part i want to get back in the action and i think unscripted stands to hopefully in a big way and hopefully we can be a big part of that uh, one of the concerns that has been raised more on the UK side than the US side is getting productions <clears throat> insured because they're going to with insurance companies are going to take pandemics out of it. And if we have another lockdown and your production gets shut down, you're on your own. Is that a concern? You know, it's interesting. Um, it is a concern. Me as a production company owner, I'm always the third party who's liable, uh, at least in the U.S., where all, all the risk is on us, right? The, the network gives us the money and, and we take on all the risk from start to finish till, de till we deliver. And so when I talk to buyers, they are not really recognizing the added risk level, at least from a budgetary standpoint. They all understand because we're all human and we are all in this together to some degree that we have this new level of concern but that is immediately that immediately brushes up against their liability as a distributor right that's where it ends they're going to be thoughtful and friendly because we've known these people forever and we've worked with them forever but they have to think as a company person and a company person knows their liability ends where ours begins now on the production company side 
insurance companies here are not insuring you as a production company uh, against any staff employee catching COVID in the field or in post. It's just not happening. I mean, my insurers, they've written it out of all the contracts. All insurance is going up a little bit. I wouldn't say significantly, but you know, budgets are, have been going down. So any little bit of going up on any expense just continues to, to, to hurt the ability for production companies to, to really thrive. So insurers are not going to cover this. And so production companies have to kind of take on that liability. So what are we doing? We're building addendums to our crew deal memos that indemnify us against you know, anyone on set or in post catching the, the virus. Same thing for with our staff. We have uh, addendums to their agreements with uh, indemnification clauses. And I think outside of that, all the other protocols that you can implement in the field and in post, which are, you know, a lot of the basic safety protocols you probably already heard, rubber gloves, uh, face mask, lots of places to, to you know, wash your hands and, and to make sure that you're not sharing. There's there, The bowl of nuts in the office is gone. All these things that used to exist, they're gone, uh, at least for the time being. And, and that'll be the way it has to be. And, uh, and so, you know, every project that we're, we're readying to start up now, there's, a, there's that added level of risk. And yet the alternative to taking on that risk is to kind of just sit tight and wait or try and tack your focus as a business towards things that you can produce by sending somebody a GoPro in their house, which is not the kind of content we produce. And it's, it's not really the, the type of content that I aspire to produce either. Will it affect going forwards what sort of things, ideas you come up with and, and shows that you pitch knowing, for instance, pitching a project with a lot of international travel is going to be very risky. So would you, will it see both your company and in general maybe a contraction in the ambition of ideas that are pitched. It's interesting, you know, I mean, I just saw that uh, TBS picked up a whole series, uh, a new season of Wipeout. So I I don't know, you know, it's like I, the way that we're thinking about our shows is how do we make big hit shows? Those big hit shows often require bigger staff, bigger set. At the same time, I'm not pitching dating shows. I mean, to me, like the, there's a couple of things that seem very obvious as problematic, something like that. Travel, in some ways, I see it as, yes, it's problematic to send people around the world. On the other side of that, it is a small footprint. You have a small crew with usually one talent or two talent, and they're meeting, you know, sort of regular folks. So there's that piece that can be weighed against what are you doing right in front of you with the, what type of show are you, you know, readying to pitch and sell? that is inherently problematic. So I guess outside, so we, we're not pitching dating shows. We've moved away from that. And, um, and for the most part, tried to think critically before we pitch something, is this something that the buyer's gonna go, well, how can you produce this at this moment? And so the reasons that we have to be able to pitch the things we're pitching are baked into that thought process. And with Texas opening up shelter in place and other states doing it too, Georgia, <clears throat> I think Georgia's already the shelter in place has been removed to some degree. So some of the places that you know to that you expect to, a lot of production to come out of, you're starting to see that production coming back. I can't prognosticate completely about is this going to be like thriving in June or July? I hope so. Is, is that one of the conversations you have with buyers now? It's like, this is the idea, but also how? A hundred percent. Yeah. The, the buyers aren't really asking that, but we try to put it up front, you know, like, look, we're 
we're free and clear to do whatever we want in the state of Texas starting in a week. And like I had a, I had a call with a, a distributor last week who towards the end of the call was talking about, I think there's going to be a second wave of infections in the fall. And I said, you know, I, I really hope that that's not right. But if it is, that's all the more reason to buy now, produce in the late summer. Let's get this in the can. Let's be in post before that becomes an issue. I'm not sure if that actually worked on that pitch, but, uh, but I do think I do think that's true, though. If you really are thinking that, then you should be thinking about, like, where are your windows to get the production done? And we uh, finally, we'd already been hearing for, for a couple of years now about the so-called embattled U.S. cable industry, about them struggling with lower subscribers, lower ad revenue. The ad revenue seems to have just been blitzed by this. What state do you think the U.S. cable industry will emerge from this in? And what effect will that have on producers like you? Oh, it's a, it's a huge question. First, I'm going to say, I don't know the answer. Budgets have been going down. And, you know, this sort of thought that Netflix was overspending is gone. So SVODs and cable are both approaching this with intense production management teams that take a look at your budgets and really, you know, get down to what does it actually cost to do this show? So there's, there's, there's no secrets. I think that on the cable side, the conversations that I'm having, I had a call with TLC like last week. They, ha- they need 650 hours of programming for 2021, 650 hours. And they're not asking me like, well, now we can only afford 550 or, you know, we can only afford 450. They're just thinking about how do we fill those pipelines and what is the next show that's going to give us, you know, a hit and hopefully have spinoffs. And those are the, and those conversations are not dissimilar from the SVODs. You know, when I'm talking to Netflix, I mean, it's just pitch me a hit and something that gives me a lot of you know, longevity. So the, the answer as to how the ad revenue hits cable versus SVOD, I don't know. But I, I've always believed that these SVODs are ultimately going to have ads as well. You're going to have an ad tier added to Netflix. You're going to have an ad tier added to Amazon. Who knows if that's when Amazon buys Viacom CBS and then, you know, that three card Monty of the media companies just ends up changing names and you're paying the same amount of money and you're getting ads and all that time you thought you were going to get no ads and much more value. Okay, that's gone. I'm back to where I started. It just looks a little bit different. Colby Gaines from Backroads Entertainment talking to Clive Whittingham. Clive also spoke with Patrick Wyland, Senior Vice President of Celebrity Chef Andrew Zimmerman's Intuitive Content, based in Minneapolis. Clive asked him to describe the situation there. Yeah, the Twin Cities, uh, the, heart of Minneapolis, uh, the heart of the state of Minnesota, we've been in a pretty good situation. Our governor shut down quite early, so we were able to flatten the curve pretty successfully. And so the state is doing quite well in in the coronavirus epidemic. And so we are now in the phase where they're looking at how to start reopening some of the businesses. So some business is starting to reopen. Uh, Our company is one of those. We've been uh, operating remotely on everything that we've been doing. In the meantime, while we were shut down, most everyone working from home. But uh, the state is starting to open up and we're starting to see what production will look like in the future. We're already planning on a couple different shows that we have in the works. 
what on the just on the lockdown productions what have you did you pivot into lockdown production or did you focus on development how did the company cope during that period so we were halfway through production on a series for magnolia with andrew zimmern as the host half of those series were in the can so we continued working on post moved post into everyone's home so we took it out of the office editors are all set up we did that quite early before the state lockdown even happened so when the lockdown occurred we just continued our post operations, our writers working from home, our showrunner working from home. But we also, because we had this experience in working with news networks, we also started pitching shows into the news space. It's something that as a background of mine, working coming out of NBC News and CBS News. So with our contacts there, we've been doing some, our host Andrew has been appearing on MSNBC and doing some MSNB, uh, NBC Today Show spots. And we're now working on our first mini doc for the NBC News partnership with Quibi. So we are shooting that actually this week in California with crews based out of California. And that has required a whole set of new ways of approaching our business, having safety plans, working with our insurers that we have the right information to our crews, how we're managing or shooting in the field in this time of COVID. That's been really tricky, but we've been working really closely with the network. They've come up with some really great protocols for shooting and production. And it's been a, we're feeling our way through this slowly. What sort of lessons and protocols have you sort of taken on board with this with this production? How is it different from normal? Well, for simple for the crews, it's just been very simple, basic ones. We're following CDC guidelines. And then each state in California, each county has separate separate ones. So we've had to have our lawyers looking at all of that and then vetting it through the network. but mainly things like crew traveling singly to location, paring down the crew to very small amounts, no one else handling the gear other than the photographer. So there's no sharing of gear, everyone traveling to set in separate vehicles, not using microphones, everything has to be boomed from a distance so that you maintain social distancing. Same with camera work, it's affected how we're lensing. The Quibi project is really interesting because you're shooting in 4K, delivering in HD, so you're shooting wide anyway. So there sort of were some advantages at that point so we're really excited about that project and that'll that goes into post already next week every time i ask that question someone comes up with something i hadn't thought of before in microphones it never occurred to me but now you've said it is is so obvious i mean it's just something new every day isn't it yeah we're we're planning for production in may right now in minnesota and what we've been working with our sound man is how can we get lobs sanitized and then have teach them teach the subjects to mic themselves because in some situations you just can't boom everything and and so just those sort of simple things and how can we limit crews or where we set up video village on set and all these new safety protocols our whole company we have our org ops our, our post-production team is looking at different ways on how we can manage productions going forward because we're already looking at a new series that we have we've had while we've been on lockdown we have sold two new productions which is really exciting because people are really looking forward what is there in the future so we've sold two new projects we don't know when those will go into the production but we're hoping you know one of them we know potentially as early as mid-May and the rest in June. But what will those look like and how will we uh, manage those productions and how, how will we manage social distancing on camera? We don't want to shoot a show that is full of people wearing masks. These are productions that will probably air late summer or even late in the year or even potentially 2021. So how do you capture the content for a show and still make it look organic and natural? And that's the challenge right now. And we're still working through that. I think the networks have been really finding 
finding their way through all of these challenges too. And in the beginning, it was a lot of uncertainty. But over the last two weeks, you know, working with business affairs at the networks that we're working with, everybody sort of now sort of found their way. And we're trying to come up with, you know, workable plans that move forward. I think the first part of this phase, I think when I first talked to you early on, everyone was just trying to get used to working from home. I mean, I think the first two weeks of this was just the technical part, how to get stuff done. Contracting, all those things are taking a little more time because everything, you know, the way people are sharing. But it feels like, you know, we kind of have this new sense of what it might look like in the future. That's just sort of coming into focus right now. What will production look like this summer? We won't be shooting crowd scenes, I can tell you that right now. But I think in the kind of intimate storytelling space, which I think is what people are craving, there's a way to do this. And that's the challenge right now that we're all facing. The projects that you that you pitched and have got away during this crisis, are they crisis related or have you gone the other way and tried to, to think of other things that uh, wow. can distract people, if you see what I mean? On the news side, the mini doc, though that that is, those are crisis related. Those are related to food system. Um, Andrew Zimmern is a real thought leader and has been very active in the IRC, the Independent Restaurant Coalition, that is working at daily on conference calls, working with the Congress members, uh, senators. Uh, governors around the country to save restaurants and come up with rescue packages for restaurants. So we've been, you know, we have a lot of experience and knowledge in the news space. So those have been, but the shows that were, that are our bread and butter, the food and the travel and those experiential shows that the cooking shows, those are not, I mean, I think we want to look beyond what that world is like. I think it's affecting the content. Like people are rediscovering the joy of cooking at home and the, the sense of family and so the kind of content I think will be affected in that way. But we're moving ahead in a post-COVID world. I think there's, people are gonna wanna escape this. And I don't think people are gonna wanna see face masks in their entertainment in the fall. So I can't think of, uh, of two industries really that have been affected more than food and travel, restaurants and, and you know, international travel in particular. That is a, a, a big part of your production slate and what your company is known for. How do you foresee things going? You know, when we, how is it going to happen for you guys? Well, we have a couple of shows already in contracted that are in that space. So as soon as we can come up with plans and that those are safe to shoot, we'll go into production. And, and we're working closely with our networks to that effect. You know, I think it's eager for everyone to get their, their programming back on track and back on schedule. And I, I think it may affect some ways of storytelling, but I think in the end, we'll find a solution for it. You know, we're lucky in Minnesota, we can be open a little earlier. Our, I think our restaurants will slowly start to trickle back in. It won't look the same. And what's interesting about the restaurant and the production, as you said, is that restaurants are going to be are working right now on new protocols for how does a restaurant operate. And restaurant owners, the last thing they want to do is be accused of being a place where somebody got COVID. So they're going to be very strict in it. So we're actually looking at some of the rules that these restaurants are coming up with and looking at how do we apply those in the world of production. So it's kind of interesting behind the scenes, they've come up with some really innovative ideas and, and those will start to trickle out over the next couple of weeks as, as these plans are being shared by restaurant groups all over the country. But you do envisage being able to get back in there and film within the sort of medium term? Yeah. 
I mean, I, I by June, I think at, at least we're doing some cooking shows and stuff that won't involve that. So are you on the travel side? Are you focusing more on domestic travel series moving forwards with the idea that it's going to be difficult to get back on a plane or, or what's your strategy there? Well, we have one show that we're, we're not pitching right now because of the international travel. We've been talking about it. So we're that we're that's still yet to come. We're still working on that. The insurance situation is different in the US to the UK, but is there a concern that you won't be able to get the insurance for your projects that you maybe would have been able to get before that, you know, if there's another pandemic, if it, another peak and another lockdown, you're on your own. Is, is that a concern getting you know, well, we were, the, the production we just did this week? We were able to insure through our regular insurer on the plan that we currently have for our production for upcoming productions there. We already are seeing in contracts, new indemnification paragraphs about coronavirus that we're indemnifying you know and that will also now that's working its way into personal releases we just finished on the production that we were shooting this week you know had to include covid in the release that the person appearing on camera would be in there is indemnification on both sides of that and uh, we are working on all of our deal memos with crews that we require them to read the cdc guidelines and adhere and those are in our you know that's part of the shooting plan and so we're trying to be very proactive in how we're approaching our productions and then we're sharing that with our insurance company and our network partners so that they all know exactly that we're following every single protocol and then some and making sure that everyone on our teams are rehearsed and talking through all the safety protocols. And I think that's put people at a lot of ease. I mean, that these are things that we're thinking through on a very granular level. So right down to having, you know, distributing Clorox wipes to cruises, they're going out. We did have one sort asked to, that we should consider really raising, you know, our umbrella policy on productions to over 10 million. And, you know, typically it was five. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that goes and how those price out. We, we actually have a request in for pricing on that right now. So I'm I'm gonna be interested to see what those look like because in this day and age, the budgets are really tight. So if we have to take on much higher insurance costs, that's gonna be difficult. What sort of states do you anticipate the US cable business coming out of this in? I know it's hard to predict the future, but- you know, that, was best- little, that might be a little above my pay grade, but I can tell you this, we have, you know, we've been working with the Magnolia, the new Chip and Joanna Gaines network at Discovery. And Joanna Gaines did a a test show on Food Network several weeks ago, which was the highest rated show in Food Network history debut. And then last Sunday in the United States, they did a sneak peek of the Magnolia network on the DIY. DIY will convert to Magnolia later this year or early 2021. And that was a four hour sneak peek and a, a basically Magnolia takeover that showed everything that they've created for that network and the ratings were phenomenal and i think you know there is if the television is good people will tune in and watch and that was really exciting to see they did a fabulous job with it and the audience i think some of their ratings were up 600 percent over regular on diy so say what you will about the cable if it's great programming people are going to tune in and i think magnolia is going to be a smash so Magnolia, they have, they, they, I don't think they've put a new date on it, but they have delayed it slightly. Has that changed things for the production companies that are working with them? Or have they just said to you, you know, deliver what, what you were going to deliver and, and pitch as you were going to pitch? I think all of our calendars have shifted slightly because of that, but we're still moving full speed ahead when we can. We're, we've halted one of our productions. We're midway through with them. So that'll resume when we, when it's safe to resume. Like they don't, they're not, 
nobody is saying, oh, we need you to get this done. You need, it's actually been the opposite. Like we want to do this right. We want to do this well. We want to be safe. We don't want to put your crews in danger. We don't want to put people in danger. So they've been fantastic to work with on that side. We've been putting most of our time into developing post-COVID, what things will look like looking forward, because I think that as everything has been consumed over these last two weeks with the phenomenal amount of people consuming so much amounts of media, in my household alone, it's been astonishing that everything that has been produced and is in the can has already been watched. So I think by fall, there's going to be a lot of desire for really cool, new, innovative programming, and I can't wait to see what comes out of this crisis. Patrick Wyland from Intuitive Content. That's all for this episode. If you'd like to share your story of coping with COVID-19 with the international TV industry, email us using the address press at c21media.net. There'll be more from the podcast tomorrow, but in the meantime, stay safe and stay up to date with all the latest developments by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>